Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Watson, and I'm joined by Danny O'Donnell, otherwise known as Danny OD, and you can never OD on Danny. <laughs> we are proud to thank Electrum Performance for our discount code, OpenCarkist25, which you can use to get 25% off of everything that will get you thick, mean, lean, and swole. We're here with the man who did some Excellent commentary at Pan Am's 2020, and he actually is another man who can help you get thick, mean, lean, and swole. The owner of Fighter's Choice, Victor Doria. Thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for having me, Jake. Awesome being with you guys. Danny, what's up, everybody? Hey, you were uh, you were commentating. I just want to get this out of the way. You were commentating the match in which I got ran over by a train that was named Gustavo Batista. And uh, I, that was on Flow Zone. They put that fight on Flow Zone. I was like, dude, put the Mateus fight. Don't put that one. <laughs> he just heard, yeah, that was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I bet you he was thinking it. He was like, yeah, this is the guy that got beat up by Gustavo, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wearing glasses and pulling out, though. Uh, <laughs> name for yourself, and you can, I, I don't think you can say that. Like, you, you, you had, like, in the last, uh, I would say, five, six fights that I saw you doing it. Um, I think you, you did great. Since the Russo Mateos, you did great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad I won that one. Uh, <laughs> fight to win. I, I feel like I made a home on fight to win, you know? You did. 100%. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So yeah, I, we, uh, I kind of wanted to yeah. start out and, and ask you a little bit more about the, uh, the commentary of Pan Ams because I think – a lot of times the commentary is always usually pretty good, but I thought you brought some really unique insight to it. Um, just being like a competitor yourself and uh, having like so much good information about the guys that you were watching and commentating about. So do you want to talk a little bit about that experience commentating for flow? Sure. Um, like it, I, I love talking about jujitsu, man. That's what we're doing right now. And uh, it's the second best thing in my life. Uh, first thing is uh, actually competing. Second one is, Talking about it, so um, I had a blast with uh, with the flow team, and uh, I mean I'm not shy on my opinion. These guys know, you know, so I'm just gonna let it go. I'm gonna just gonna talk about everything that I uh, that I think needs to be to be said, and I'm not trying to trying to uh, talk me up or talk them down, but uh, I think we need more people that know the actual athlete, that know the actual like that have been competing that have been uh, immersed in the jiu-jitsu competition scene. And um, you, 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 you don't have a lot of them. And some of them that you have, they're not, they're not available for it. They, they're not willing yeah. to do, they're not willing to, to commentate or, I mean, it, it's for me, everything that can, that can raise, uh, that can raise the level of jiu-jitsu as a whole experience, like, more people that are not even into jujitsu. They, oh, okay, I understand what this guy's saying. So that makes it better. That makes it easier for most of the people to understand. And honestly, I'm not. I'm not a commentator. I'm not a professional one, as you as you guys can see. But I'm like I just I just I, I talk about what I see. I know the athletes. Some of them I know very specifically. Uh, others I kind of know. But I'm always looking at their fights. I'm always like trying to bring something, some sort of a, a, a different angle from each of the, of the fighters and some curiosity. Of course, if it was about the masters, I would have way more stuff to talk about because I, you know, I, these are the guys that I know forever. So, but anyway, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with the, with the, the youngsters. And I mean, it's, uh, it's, 
I understand. I understand what goes on in the in the in the competition. Uh, uh, um, let's say for uh, in the competition uh, ground, you know. So, I, so I, I know. I kind of know what what's going on with the guy's head, or I can tell maybe what's going on with the guy's head as he's uh, as he's passing a guard, or he's having his guard passed, or he's mounting, or the. Uh, about to, to, to get choked by the other guy. Because I've been there so many times, you know? Mm-hmm. Good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, as an aspiring commentator, like, Danny and I are very much into it. And uh, like we just said, like, I love competing, too. Competing is definitely my first love. And I want to commentate for the same reason. I believe that it's important to have athletes who are able to not only compete but be immersed enough to give good commentary. But one thing I want to bring up about your commentary that I very much enjoyed is – you're not afraid to let your personality like leak out. Like you, you. That's something about like Joe Rogan and John Anik and these guys who commentate the highest level of combat sports is they're like interesting to listen to. You feel a sense of like, wow, I want to listen to them speak, and that's what I got out of you. Like I like Howell too, but listening to you commentate was like, man, you can tell this guy loves jujitsu. Like it's not, it's not cookie cutter, like cut and dry and black and white. It's like this guy loves it, and he makes me want to love it. You know, even though I already do. I'm just talking from the perspective of a listener. But I really liked that, and it was like a learning lesson for me because when Danny and I talk about commentating, we're always like, we got to do this, this, and this. Sometimes you don't gotta like have a plan. Sometimes stuff's gonna happen that you're not ready for. Like, who could have predicted that? Uh, I don't know. The thing that with Hebamar and Mateus would happen. Like, whoa, that's exactly. insane. You know? So insane. It was really, it was really good. I want to commend you for that because that was like a learning lesson for me. Man, I really appreciate what you said, and uh, honestly, it comes from it comes from the heart, a hundred percent. I'm not gonna be like um, if like I'm sitting there with Hall. I know that he's really knowledgeable. He knows everything he's talking about, but I know for a fact that he, he, he's, not, he's immersed in the jiu-jitsu scene, but he's not immersed in competition. And I'm not talking down on him at all. Like, I love mm. the guy. We, we, yeah. we, we get along really well. But if there's something that he comes up with that he says that I, I, don't, I don't think it is, I'm going to say, no, man, I don't agree with you, honestly. This is uh, actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. And this is not me trying to be better than him, or it's actually trying to uh, to to give the audience a better perspective, or at least a different perspective for, from someone that has been in that situation, exactly that situation, maybe, and 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 or maybe know better the the, the athletes there, or you know, some way somehow the uh, the referee what they're doing. Like I just want to bring not only my opinion but my point of view on everything that I'm seeing and I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna just try to be nice or cool or okay for I don't I mean I don't care I'm way past caring you know I'm I'll be 45 yeah. in a couple months so I don't care <laughs> yeah, that's good yeah one of my favorite moments actually from the commentary was when you were talking about the closeouts and I think it was really cool this year seeing Atos like not close out all the divisions that they could have they had I think three out of the four um, semifinalists in the open class, and they all fought each other, which was awesome. So, do you want to do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Because I thought your opinion on that was sure. really refreshing. Sure, I'd love to. <clears throat> so, uh, when when that happened, like I, I, I was walking outside of the of the area, I think I was going to the restaurant. I saw I saw uh, Batista, I saw um, um, Rafaela and Luisa. The guys were sitting there and. I looked at them and said, man, uh, 
I want to, I want to, and, and Andre Galvão came also. And I just want to compliment you guys for stepping up and, and fighting because um, uh, Dominic fought Rafael, uh, Rafael Vasconcelos. And I love to see that. And they went at it. No one yeah. can say they didn't go at it. And the same thing happened with Braguinha and Izar, which was mm -hmm. a war. And it's not different than the war that they go through every single day in that room. Yeah. So if, if, you're, going to, if you're going to war against your, 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 your friend or your training partner, why can't we indulge ourselves watching it live and for real? You know, I, it, it doesn't make any sense to the, the closeouts never made sense to me, even though I went through so many closeouts. Like I, I, I ended up in, a, in a, I, I never, I never opened for anyone uh, before the finals, but I got to finals that um, my friend didn't want to fight. I'm always game. Even if it's like, for instance, if I'm, I train with Cyborg every day, if we go to a final, which probably won't happen, but if you go, if we go to a final, I'll tell him, man, it's, it's up to you. I'm fighting. Mm -hmm. But when one of us don't want to fight, then there's no fight. That's fine. I understand. I understand when the, where people come from. And, uh, like, um, I, I don't want to do this because we train every day. If it becomes a, a regular thing, then I'm not going to be able to train with this guy. Then, really? Like, <laughs> so I was telling these guys, and then that they fought on the semis, and then I saw Braguinha going to the, to the table there, uh, talk to the, to, the, to the main referee saying, Okay, we're going to fight the final. Me and Dominic, we're, we're, we're going for it. <clears throat> When I saw that, man, I was like, man, I can't, I, 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 like, it's awesome. It's great to see that. And they went at it again. It was awesome. It was, like, I think it, it was the highlight of Pan Am's was no closing out between these guys. They're all monsters. Rafael, Niza, Dominic, Braguinha, they're all monsters. We know that. And when I saw the bracket, I, I, I saw... When I read the bracket, I was with Hal talking about, about the bracket the day before. I said, oh, tomorrow we're going to have this, that. Uh, the problem is that we have four guys from Atos in the same bracket. It might not be a problem. It might be great. We might be, like, up for, like, seeing great fights. Do you think they will fight? Man, I, I hope they do. That's what I said. And they did. So I think that it goes, like, I try, to, I try to highlight as much as I could in the, commenta uh, in the commentary, just saying, man, if you're, if you're listening to me, do not close out, man. Just, just fight your friend. You're still going to be friends. It's going to be a bonding experience. I try to, you know, it's going to be good for everybody. It's going to be, like, for jiu-jitsu's sake, for the tournament's sake, for the audience's sake. It's going to be awesome, man. And, and so I loved it. Like, I loved it. It was the highlight of my, my weekend. I loved it. You can almost kind of say that for like, let's say it's a situation where two people are fighting in a tournament and one person always loses you. I mean, everybody here has competed. You know that like it can be different in tournament day. You some like tournament changes your jujitsu. It does because you grapple like oh, everything comes bad. out. So you'll have like the craziest match of your life. I remember like I, I have never had to close out because I come from a single academy where I'm the only adult black belt and I never had to close out but when i was a kid i did one time but i didn't close out we just fought because we didn't we didn't know back then i was like an orange belt and it was the craziest role i've ever had in my life imagine it <laughs> black belt you know what i mean like it was it was imagine like wow you guys are at the highest level i loved watching dom 
and uh, and Braguinha. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. That was a super awesome fight. Dom, you could really hey. see Braguinha trying to move around Dom's new judo that Dom has been like uh, incre- exactly. like he's so good at judo now, and he got good quick. <laughs> that guy's a fast learner. And it was. I think I agree. I think closeouts like not necessary. Uh, I like to see. I like to see good good jujitsu, and that's man. It was awesome. Those Autos guys are. They're ne- they're really good. And honestly, I I I, w- I would go a little a little further. I would say that closeouts are bad for jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I I would say it's, oh it's not a no no it's bad. It's not bringing anything good. Um, you people that are watching it. I think it's I think it's not only not only selfish, but it's actually bad for the sport. We want to see those fights happening. We're there to see. Oh, but it didn't. It doesn't matter. We'll never pay if 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 if, if it doesn't develop. You know, so we have to develop the sport in order to have a broader, better audience and more people get interested into it and and get into it. Um, it it's. Closeouts are, man, I, I despise it. Honestly. <laughs> That's odd. I love it. <laughs> so do you think, because I know you hear a lot of people talk about how, like, these big academies, sometimes, like, this is a really big challenge for them. Like, Atos, they have so many high-level people in the room. And, you know, people have, they, they do have egos, I mean, unfortunately. But do you feel like teams are going to be able to exist and be able to thrive if they're having to, to fight each other consistently? Or do you think that shouldn't be an issue at all? It's not an issue. It's not an issue. Like, what is different from what you've been doing every single day from Monday to Saturday? It's not different. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't see Braguinha going light with Nizar at, at the gym. Yeah. So why wouldn't they fight? Oh, they, wanna, they don't want to show their, their magic movements that they do. Like, come on, man. Yeah. There's, there's, no, there's no secret that needs to be unveiled or, or you know, unfolded or anything like it's just put it out there just go for it like it's it's that's what we're there for we want that we're there to try to be the best that we can how come i'm like i train with jake every single day and then we go to the finals and then we don't fight so who's the best are, are you okay with that like oh no i won oh you didn't win actually the most important match the most important fight you didn't do the one that will really like give you get your trophy from that or your your prize money or whatever you didn't do the fight you guys split the money you guys you know uh, uh okay the medal stays at my place uh, at my home a uh, week and then i'll give you it to you it doesn't make any sense like, I, had this, I had this like two years ago at new uh, uh new, um, new york open i uh they they, they pay a, a a little dollar there which is great like you make like a couple a couple grand uh if you win so I was there. I went to the finals with a great friend of mine from back in Carson Gracie days. So we were blue belts together. Now he lives uh, he lives in the, in the West Coast. I live here, and we end up doing the getting to the finals. And he goes, Victor, we're not going to fight, right? He said, Man, it's up to you. I'm ready. And he goes, Man, I don't think it, it makes sense for us to fight. I don't think it, it makes sense for us not to fight because we don't train together. Man, we trained together our whole life. No, man. We trained together until we became black belts. Then you moved here. So it's been like, what, six, 15 years that we don't train together? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, man, but I don't think we should fight. So, okay. 
oh, let's split. The, we're not splitting anything. I'm keeping everything. I want the medal. I want, I want to step on the first place. I want the money. I'm not going to give you a dollar. Oh, you're such a douchebag. No, I'm not. I don't want to fight. If you don't want to fight, so leave it with me. Yeah. You know, I, I'll keep everything. I'll keep the spoils. You know, I'm not like, let's, you, you can, oh, let's, let's, let's split the money. So then you can have the whole cash, all the cash. Just beat me. Let's go. You might beat me. Why not? I might beat you. Why not? Let's see. Let's put it up there. And he didn't want to do it. So we didn't do it. I, I would say, I, I, I don't want to say I got pissed at him. I got pissed at the situation. I don't like, I, I genuinely, and I think you guys can feel it, I don't like the closeouts. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we can feel it. <laughs> yeah, one of my one of my favorite fights actually was the final Nogi Worlds between uh, Dante Leon and Jamie Canuto. And I remember Dante did an interview and he, he said said pretty much the same thing you're saying. He's like, well, we, we represent GF team, but we don't train together on a daily basis. Like, why would we not fight? And I think Jamie had no problem with it. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And then it was one of the best fights of the whole tournament. So yeah. I, I would say it was the best fight. Yeah, I would probably say it was the best, best fight. fight. Yeah. And, they, and, and, and they would imagine if they didn't fight. You know, yeah. we would have lost a, a chance to see both these guys like going at it. And uh, I had, I was, I was in the corner, I was in Jaime's corner. Like I was in Jaime's corner because he was training here at uh, fight sports with us. So he asked me, can you be in my corner? I said, of course, man, let's go for it. And I love Dutchie. I love Dutchie. So he, and Dutchie is a, is a natural competitor. He's been doing that for so long, not only jujitsu. So he has that competition mentality. It's, it's unbreakable. He doesn't like, he knows Victor, man, just do your thing. Help the guy. He's fine with it. So this type of mentality is what will take our sport to the next level um, when it comes to, to professionalism and, and to like, competitiveness. This is, this, is the kind of, this is the kind of mindset that we need in, in, in jiu-jitsu, 100%. I agree. I think it's, yeah, I think it's very healthy. And I, I like Dante too. I like, um, I really like like the ADCC style of how they organize the brackets too. You know what I mean? Like you have to fight, you can't close yeah, out. Sorry. And you yeah. have to fight hard. Like you, like Tim Spriggs and Muhammad Ali comes to mind. That was an wow. awesome fight at ADCC. The wrestling that Tim Spriggs put on and like the, they both went at it. And it was one of the, one of the most awesome fights at the absolute quarterfinals. And I think, again, like, it's funny you brought that up and you worded it like that. Like, think about what we would have missed out on had it not happened. Same thing. Exactly. Same thing with, with, uh, with Dante exactly. and, and Jamie. Yeah, 100%. So another thing I wanted to, to bring up and talk about a little bit is just, like, professionalism in jiu-jitsu and that concept. And uh, I listened to the interview that you did with uh, Ricardo Amendolia. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you mentioned that you are actually like managing some jujitsu athletes, like managing their career. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. I think that's like something that the sport really needs. So can you talk a little bit about like what your initial motivation was to try to provide that service and kind of what some of the, the main services that you provide for those athletes that you manage? Sure. Um, so we, uh, we started Fighters Choice Management. And this is an arm of the company that will manage uh, fighters' careers only in grappling. Like a lot of MMA guys already called me and said, man, can you help me with my career? I said, no, man, we're, I'm only dealing with grapplers. And that's what I want to do because I think that our community needs it so bad. Yes. 
Like me, this really bad. They, like most of our people, I'm not talking about Brazilians only, but most of our the fighters don't know how to read a contract. And this is not taught at school or in, at the academy. So you need professionals to do that for you. So we have, I have two lawyers that work at, uh, at Nike with athletes. So they read your contract. They go through each of the lines of your contract. They say it's good, it's bad, it's this and that. But most of the, uh, of the events or some of the events, you don't have any problems. Like when you deal with staff, you're good to go. Like yeah. he's, he's a straight, straight shooter. It's easy to deal with him. Uh, um, but uh, not everybody's like that. So I want to I wanna make sure that the athlete, I want to provide a service to the athlete that, that he doesn't get screwed in the end of the day. You know, so I, I just I closed a couple a couple matches for BJJ Bat in Brazil, and I could get them like first thing that I asked since it's a, a, a fight overseas, I said, man, uh, you have to pay the athletes fifty percent before they leave home, and they agreed to it. But I mean, nobody ever asked it. Like, why not? Why why would that be a problem? But the fighters, they're like. Most of the fight, most of the athletes are like, oh, I don't know how much to uh, to ask for my fight. So let's be realistic. Let me see what you have. So some of them come to me and say, oh, I think I deserve this. So really, why? And I start writing. So you, you say that you're, you're that good at that. You made that, and I, I try to orientate them in, in towards like a, a, a like it's only gonna happen if. The, the promotion and yourself, we, we get into a, an agreement. So I, I try to be as much as a, of a bridge as, as in, in my best way to, to, to do this and to, to, to get the, the deal done. Um, so I negotiate the purses, I, I uh, revise the contracts, and I, I get the, everything in, in writing perfectly uh, from, the, from the lawyers. Also, Fighters Trust Management will provide uh, orthopedic, uh, um, um, orthopedic services because my partner owns a orthopedic center here in Florida. So I'm going to be able to all my athletes that are that are managed by us. They will have orthopedic uh, um, um, surgery if they need if they ever need for free. You know, wow. I, I want to provide as many services as possible for the athletes that we manage. Uh, social media uh, management. Um, um, your like all social media, YouTube channels, everything that, that the athlete carries, because as help him put as much relevant content as possible, and 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 so they can make a name for themselves, and not only in, in, inside the mat but outside of the mat. Um, I have immigration lawyers. I have like all the structure so that the athlete can be what he actually is: the athlete. Train, eat sleep, supplement, do it again, and let's go for the next round. Let's go for the next fight. And someone's taking care of his flying tickets, of his hotel rooms, all his reservations, everything that he needs is taken care of, like it is in, on UFC. Why should that be different? You know? Wow. That is so incredible. And one of the things that you talked about, too, when you talked to Ricardo was that um, you mentioned that sometimes competitors feel like, uh, like maybe a promotion or a sponsor is almost like doing them a favor. So they don't really know that kind of mindset kind of makes it difficult. I would imagine to, to ask for more or to even know what to ask for, like you mentioned. So do you think, do you think that's one of the biggest barriers to 
like athletes getting what they deserve is just like how they think about getting paid or how they think about being sponsored and things like that? Yeah, first thing, uh, Danny, is that uh, our, our community needs to understand what sponsorship means, what, 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 what it actually translates into. Like, because when you say sponsorship, oh, this is like, uh, uh, it started with public companies uh, putting their names and, and, and supporting the sport, the Olympic sports and all that stuff. And, but now it's not, it's not like that anymore because sponsorship actually is when you get like a, a huge company like freaking Apple, they start, they, they want to they, they get their name out and, and, and like sponsor the, the, the wrestling Olympic team, the U.S. wrestling Olympic team. So they sponsor the team and they put a lot of money in, 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 in the team so that they can, can get that exposure, that positive exposure within the, within the Olympics, within the sport. That attracts a lot of attention. It's good attention. These guys, they have budgets for that. But then it became a diff- sponsorship became a different strategy for companies as time went by. And, and, like small companies like mine, for instance, they want, it's better for us to sponsor athletes than to have 30 second breaks on TV. Yeah. So I'd rather have my logo on Jake Watson's uh, back when he's fighting at Worlds than 30 seconds on ESPN. Because I, I, I'm narrowing down my audience to the people that are actually my buyers. They're, they're the people yeah. that, are, might be interested in my brand. And if I have Jake, like if Jake has 2 million followers on Instagram, like his exposure is ridiculous. So it's way better. When, when would I have 2 million people seeing my, my brand uh, on ESPN? Only on freaking uh, NFL, you know? Yep. And how much would that cost? And I can help Jake's career or any athlete's career with help with sponsoring them, either it's if, if it's with product, with management, with money, whatever I'm doing, like whatever I'm doing to help, it will, will be welcomed. I, I know for, instance, for, for, for a fact. But then, then there's the other side. They're, the athletes, they usually don't know their value, for better or for worse. They don't know how, how much they should be getting or what should they ask. There's people that come to me all the time. Can you imagine how many people ask me for a sponsorship? And I, I talk to them because I want to help them. I, wanna, I really want to help them by giving them some, some insights first. So I tell them, uh, okay, so what, what would you like me to provide you? He goes, oh, I want supplements. I need this amount of money uh, every month. Um, four flying tickets, this and that. Okay, so what now? Okay, I know what you want. We can do that. But uh, what do I get? What does my brand get? And then they start, uh, yeah, I'm going to put a patch on my, on, on my geese. I'm going to put your logo on my rash guards. Uh, I'm going to mention in every post. That, do you think that's enough for everything that you asked? So he goes, oh, I'm going to have, I say, okay, so you're going to put patch, patches on your geese. How many geese do you have? Oh, I have like 15 geese. Okay, so 15 patches. All right. Um, how, uh, how many restaurants do you have? And he goes, oh, I have like 20. Okay, so another 20 brands there. It's good exposure. But do you think it's worth everything that you're asking me? I would say like maybe a tenth of it mm-hmm. for that amount of exposure. How many followers do you have? 
let me see the, your engagement. So I have a, a social media analyst, and she looks at it and says, Victor, he has a million followers, but his engagement is terrible. He doesn't respond to the fans. He doesn't engage in conversations. He's not commentating. Uh, uh, he's not making any comments on the comments. He's not uh, answering questions. His engagement is terrible. He posts every other week. I don't want that. You know, so you need to know your value before you go to a company and ask for sponsorship. Because if someone does like, like I do, like, okay, uh, what do you want? Oh, I want this, this, and that. Okay, so what do I get? And you don't know how to answer it. You're done. You're done. Yeah. Like you said hello, and now you don't have anything. You know, so I, I think that athletes need to be prepared to do the right thing. And when you are doing the right thing, believe me, brands will knock on your door. We're all watching. All the brands are watching. All of you guys. We're all watching. We're all, all paying attention and seeing what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. Because there's, there's a small, a three-letter, it's not a word, but it's a three-letter thing that you need to understand, which is ROI. Return on investment. If, there's, if, if it's a negative number, forget it. I'm not doing it. How can, we be, how can it become positive? My investment can be smaller. So the return is going to be easier because if my investment is too high, you need to get me a lot in return. Or I can do a, a negative ROI for the first three months, four months, but then it has to become positive. So I'm going to sign a contract for 90 days. Oh, but I want a two-year contract. Yeah, but I don't want to commit to a two-year contract when I don't know what's coming. And they say, man, but I didn't know all that. I see you don't know. That's why you need help. You need management. You know? Oh, on, on, on another note, uh, uh, on management, we also uh, search for sponsors for our athletes. So I got a couple of athletes already sponsored by different brands that they wouldn't even expect. You know, there's a coffee company sponsoring athletes. Now, I just signed with a with – a, a, do you know Blackwater? No. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's like a water with, like, minerals and yeah. stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. with fulvic with minerals, yeah. So these guys are, are willing to assemble a team in jiu-jitsu because they want to entertain that, that, uh, that community and they want to start selling into the jiu-jitsu community, the grappling community. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a deal with them and uh, I'm going to put together a team for them and they will give me their in investment cap and we're going to work from there. So this type of work, this type of, 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 of service is not being provided to the community. And our community is like needs this so bad. Yeah, when wow. you spoke about it with Ricardo, it was something that I really, really wanted to to get more information on from you just because, like you said, that's not a service that's provided. But in every other sport that reaches a high level, it is a service that's provided. And uh -huh. I think – yeah, so I think just like for jiu-jitsu athletes, that's a complete game changer. And just the fact that you're getting into that might – you know, who knows? That could open the door for other people to get into to management down the and line. I, I want to have I want to have as many competitors as possible. I want to have like twenty managers, uh, people left and right, trying to get your contract, try, trying to get like you guys signed with them. Or no, I'm, I'm going to sign with Victor. No, I'm going to sign with this other guy and that other guy. No one's paying attention to the grappling community right now because there's no money to be made. But Fortunately, my money won't come from there. I'm, I'm, this is an investment, long-term investment, because I want to see the sport in the next five to ten years completely changed, but not changed like developed, like getting yeah. broader, expanded. 
You know, it's expanding. It's getting better. It's getting more eyeballs. It's getting more attention. And you want to know where money is, where attention is. That's it. 100%. That's a really good way of putting it. I feel like a lot of people can learn from that too. Like, man, this has been like a like a crazy, crazy learning lesson. Just hearing you speak, because I think about that kind of stuff all the time. Because I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I do my best to like post me and who I am and like my jujitsu and inspire people. But I never thought about like effective ways to engage with my audience. That's very important, I think, for a lot of young. Engagement is the name of the game. I'm telling you. I rather have a a, a guy with 20,000 followers on Instagram that have a great engagement than someone with 200,000 followers and have no engagement. I'll give you an example. Um, The the beautiful girl that puts her ass on on, on Instagram uh, every other day, she doesn't get any engagement. She gets perverts. Yes. That's it, 100%. So if I'm trying to sell a product through that girl, what are the chances that I'm going to convert into sales when 98% of her following is just perverts that want a piece of her? You know, okay. they're not buying shit. Mm-hmm. They're not that's buying true. shit. They're going to buy her. That's why. You, so there you go. That's why today only fans is a business. <laughs> yeah. okay? It became a business because these girls were trying to do only fans in, 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 in a broad platform. Now they have a platform for that. Because that's all they can sell. Hmm. You know, brands were trying to get their that, that attention, but when we when we study, when we look into the, the engagement and we look into the following, ninety eight percent of those people are trying to see a, 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 a you know whatever she's she's showing. Not the friend. <laughs> so know? I shouldn't be looking for an OnlyFans. I should be looking for only engagements. <laughs> there you go. Engagement in life. In life and in Instagram. So how do I – okay, so real quick tutorial, Victor, because I, I want to know how my engagement is doing. How do I check that? Like I know Instagram is a pretty big platform for jiu-jitsu. I just went to like my my insights, right? Is that right? Yeah, but uh, is, is, your, is your profile a business profile? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Okay, so uh, you have yeah. to go to your insights and start looking at it. First thing we do, I mean, I'm not the person that analyzes it. I, I, I know when they, when, they, when they break it down for me. So mm-hmm. I understand but how they, they, they give me the graphics, they give me the, the, the papers, and I, I look at them and I say, okay, I understand this. I just, I'm not a social media guy. I am okay. not. I have people that do that, and they analyze our, our, our athletes and other athletes that we might get interested in. in. Um, so I ask them, hey, can you check this guy, that guy? And they check, the, okay, their engagement's really good. So how do you see it? Uh, usually, from like the percentage, the, the percentage of likes that you get in in every picture or in every post on your on your mural on your um, how do you call it? Uh, your profile, your wall. Your wall. Your, your wall. Um, it's it has to be not less than five percent of your total following. Wow. You know, so it can't be less than five percent. So it's better for you to have. Fewer followers and keep that, 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 those likes. And then you're going to see, okay, how many comments do you have per, per post? Okay. So, well, but uh, Victor, not everybody's going to, is going to comment, uh, is going to put a comment on a, on an average picture. So don't put an average picture, make it better, you know, work it, you know, work it. Your, your mural, your wall is not, is not a, a art gallery. 
but in, you need to take care of it. You need to make it right. And as you, you, you should put as much content as possible, yes, to a certain point. Because if you, if you don't have the audience yet, if you, if you, don't have, if you have less than 10,000 followers, you don't need to put as much content out there. Nobody's expecting that. So you need to, to bring it to the 10,000, 15,000 followers, and then you start like really massive posting. But because I see a lot of people that are posting every day, but they didn't build their following. It's like having a magazine that was just launched and all they had is ads. Mm. Nobody's going to get interested into it, you know? So you have to actually post what matters, what people want to know. You know, it, it, okay, so in our, in our community, the, the subject that average people, they all want to see is your training sessions. More than your fights, more, they want to see what happens uh, behind closed doors. Mm. that's what they want to see you know this is where attention is if someone starts filming their 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 train their, their training sessions actually what they actually do not the, what they're trying to promote mm. i tell people all the time uh the most important thing to do after training hard is resting just as hard but you don't see anyone posting pictures of uh people sleeping because it's not interesting but you have to talk about it Man, I had a crazy session today. I need a hour and a ninety minute nap today. Talk about this. How you how you reinvigorate? Read a little bit about napping. Read a little bit about stuff that because a lot of people talk about food. A lot of people talk about supplements, but they don't even rest. You know. So when people come to me and say, Victor, what kind of supplement do I do I need to take? I say, man, I, I need to know. How, how, how hard are you training? Oh, I'm training three times a week. I said, bro, you don't need any supplements. Eat an apple, eat a banana, and you're good. Three times a week? You don't need any supplements, man. You have to take your body to the edge. And when you do that, you have to rest. If you don't rest accordingly, you're never going to get reinvigorated for the next, for the next uh, session. So you have to work on your sleep. Because training hard is the easiest thing for all of us. Oh, Jake, you need to train hard tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're yeah. good to go. You love it, you know? But when I say, man, tomorrow you cannot train. You have to rest the whole day. Oh, my God. Don't, <laughs> don't do that to me. Yeah. You know? It's horrible. So you have, to, you have to rest hard because training hard is what you do. Mm-hmm. So you have to rest hard. And then you have to eat right. When I say eat right, it's not eating uh, – uh, um, uh, I eat clean. I don't, there's no eating clean. Like, unless you grow your own food, there's no eating clean. So eat real food. That's good enough. Once, once, you, once you understand that you're training as hard as you can, resting accordingly and eating well, then we can talk about supplementation. Like, I don't even know why I went there, but, uh, you know. No, so, I'm glad you did. This is good. Keep going. So uh, I, I always tell people, like, train hard rest accordingly, eat properly, and then you talk about supplementation because 90% of everything that you need is in training, resting, and eating. Supplementation is 10%, but it's the 10% that might take you from third place to first place. Mm-hmm. It's the 10% that might take you from doing well on ADCC trials and actually getting a spot on ADCC. Mm-hmm. You know? So 
it's very important. When you have a, 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 a nice car, it's clean, but when you polish it, when you do a, 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 a full service on it, then it, it, it exposes, every, okay, this is the whole potential of my car is right there. I'm looking at it. It's polished, it's nice, it's clean, it's beautiful. So that's when you want to, okay, let me stage that car now. So you want to, you want to take your body to a stress where resting is demanded and real good food is demanded. If it's still not enough, I'm still t then supplements will play a huge role. When your body, when your body shows you that it needs more, and you give them, and you give your body the right supplements, man. Then you'll see, man, supplements really work. People say, I don't know if supplements really work because they don't need it, so they will, they they will just piss it, They'll just yeah. put it out. You know, I don't even know why I went there, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, we were no. talking about like the type of content that people are looking for to get engagement, and you were oh, saying how like, the rest of yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So if if you start talking about like for instance this that I, this rent that I just went through now, if you put it on your post, people are gonna read and they're gonna ask, but Jake, yeah. but Danny, uh, what what kind of supplement does make a better difference for you? Oh, BCAs are amazing. So you were responding to them. You're engaging. And actually, you're in the subject. You're keeping yourself in the subject of the post. They will be looking forward to their next post because it's interesting. Because it's like they, they learn from you. Yeah. At least either they learn from you or they, 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 you set an example that they want to follow. And the, 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 the word follow means I want to know what Danny does because he's doing so well in competition. I want to know what Danny does because he's doing so well in business. I want to know what Danny does because he's doing so well in, in, in his marriage. So talk about what you're, like, whatever you're doing great at, talk about it. And you know what? Whatever you're doing terrible at, talk about it too because people want to see that you're, you're human. Yeah, you know? I feel like so that's... This is also good. That's such good advice because you're literally providing content that's going to directly help the people following you. Exactly. And, and even what you mentioned like with being vulnerable, like you're showing people that you're human so that they can kind of relate to you too. So, man, that's like – I feel like that is golden advice and, that I hope people never follow. Forget, but never forget one thing. Do you. Don't try to do anyone else. Do you. If you're, if you're a, 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 more, a more like uh, a shy guy and – like, this is who you are, just be yourself. Don't try to be anything else. Be yourself. Improve yourself. But at the end of the day, be yourself. Do you. Because, like, the, the bullshit on there is really strong. Everybody knows who is BSing anyone on, 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 on Instagram. Because Instagram is not a, a new thing anymore. It used to be. It's not a new thing anymore. So you can, you can smell bullshit from a mile, a mile away, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's easy. For sure. So I did have a, a question that's semi-related, but um, what do you think of those programs like uh, like the Dream Art program and uh, like the Believe and Achieve program that AOJ does? Like, Do you feel like those are uh, – I don't know how to word this, but do you feel like they're almost as important as like having someone manage you or do you feel like that's a completely different different thing? Oh, I know a little bit, just a little bit about uh, the Dream Art project, um, and I think it's great. I think it's it's amazing, and I think there's a lot of uh, great intentions behind it, which is key. Um, I don't know a lot about uh, the Believe and Achieve program. I don't know if it's pretty much the same, but I, honestly, I don't have a lot of information about these programs. But 
if you want to, if if you want a, a clear answer, I'm gonna tell you, man. Whatever is bring, is helping the athlete to develop himself and give him uh, opportunities to show his art and and exposure for him to to grow. I love it. You know, it 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 depends. It depends on the on what. How do they do that? How do they treat the project? I think that, like in Brazil, uh, DreamArt Project has a very good manager. Uh, uh, that guy I met him at BJJ Bet. I mean, I knew him before, but I met him at BJJ Bet in Sao Paulo, and he's a a guy with great intentions, a great project. I don't know. Once again, I don't know the details, but I know that he is doing as much as he can for his team, and I I, I love it. I love the attitude. You know, the attitude is right. And I think that the more projects you have like that, the better for the sport. Uh, but, Victor, there are some projects that uh, will, will uh, I don't know how you guys say it, but um, they will expose the athlete to situations where he shouldn't be in this and that. Okay, so it's not good. But if I don't have the details, if I don't know exactly what's going on there, I, I, I can't judge. I mean, I, can't, I shouldn't be, you know saying anything about everything that I see from DreamArt, I love it. I love about it, you know. Mm. All the guys there are doing really well. Like, they're doing it right, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of really good athletes down there, too. I know uh, Ali just spent some time down there, and I know Mauricio Oliveira, who's from GF team, and he was he took a break, and I think he's going to come back to competition now, but he went down there, and it seems like Izaki has really started something really, really cool down there. Yeah, I mean, he he's a, he's a, he came from from a project, you know. So mm-hmm. Izaki knows, yeah, Izaki knows uh, uh, how to deal with that and uh, what to expect uh, from from a project like that. So I think that uh, it's man, it, it un- unless there's very shady things behind it, it can't be bad, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. And I think that they're really open to everything that they're doing. I think that they're offering. Uh, they're not going crazy in the amount of spots that they offer because they they know where they can reach. They know the, the, the investment that they need to do per athlete. So this type of management is really, really important. Um, they're becoming a team which I would say will not be with, uh, they're not be under alliance for too long. You know, they're going to become a team like AOJ became a team and it's not under Atos anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that this. Uh, I mean, if 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 it's for the great for for the greater good of the sport and of the athletes, I'm all in. I love it. Awesome. So one thing I wanted to ask you about too is um, advice for like someone who's maybe like a teenage blue belt who's like training, starting to train really hard and, and wants to make jujitsu their career. Like, what advice would you give for them to to have longevity in the sport? Because I feel like you've been competing for a super long time. You have a really successful business in jujitsu. Like, it seems like you you know had this big plan and this big vision for making a living through jujitsu. So like, if someone else wants to do that. Um, what what advice would you give to that person if maybe they don't have this like huge following and they don't have world championship gold medals yet? Well, first thing you need to do is to uh, understand your situation. Be self-aware. Like, okay, I want to be a jiu-jitsu athlete. Why do you want to be? Okay, I want to make my life in jiu-jitsu. Okay, so how much money do you need for yourself? Like, uh, uh, do you live with your parents? Are they going to kick you out if you start doing, uh, doing jiu-jitsu as a professional thing? Uh, are you going to college? What are your plans? No, 
all I want to do is jujitsu. So, okay, are you willing to live in, in, live in the academy? Because you might need to do that for a while. Are you okay with that? So that's the first thing. And expose yourself as much as you can. Compete, compete, compete every single weekend. Man, I wish I had, like back in my day when I was a blue belt, I, I only had maybe five tournaments a year, mm-hmm. six, wow. not even. I, the, the best that I did was when I got my purple belt in 1996, I said, man, you know what? I'm going to fight everything there is to fight in Brazil. So I, I fought 16 tournaments in 10 months. I won them all. I got my brown belt. So I said, okay, so this is what I need to do. I need to compete as much as I can, expose myself as much as I can to as many different uh, uh, environments as possible and become a better overall athlete. Like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable in the north, in the south, in the cold, in the heat, uh, against big guys, small guys. I have to expose myself. This is the time that I do that. People need to understand that your jiu-jitsu career only starts, only begins at black belt. Yeah. That's when you become a, a, a jiu-jitsu athlete. Uh, and like you're, until you're a black belt, you're an intern in a company. Mm-hmm. You know, you're an intern. Blue, purple, brown, you're an intern. Oh, but uh, for instance, Andy Murasaki, is he an intern? Yes. Can you imagine when he becomes a pro? Yeah, you know this yeah. is this is what it's what's up, and you and people need to understand that. So I see a lot of purple belts. No, I I'm doing seminars. I'm making. I want to make. It's fine. You people paying you, go for it. I'm, I'm just do you. That's great. But you have to understand that you shouldn't be expecting to get a lot of money or attention while until you're a black belt. And if you're if you're getting a lot of attention right now and you're a color belt. That's great. Enjoy. But your life begins at, at black belt. And I'm going to, that's my example. It took me six years to get to my black belt. And I've been a black belt for 21 years. So I have three and a half times the amount of time in, as a black belt that I had as a color belt. Mm-hmm. You know? So life begins at black belt. That's yeah. it. It's funny you say that. My my professor says, um, my professor Andre Maracaba says, uh, he says that you become a person at Black Belt. <laughs> he's like, he's like, that's, that's, that's when you're a human being and you have rights. He's like, when you're a Black Belt, it's like that's that's when you. And he's funny. He's just telling a joke, but he's the same. It's the same thing, and it's how I think too. I really, honestly, felt like like the biggest period of improvement for me was also Black Belt. And uh, do did you feel the same way? Kind of when you got your Black Belt, that's when you were like wow, I kind of actually understand what I need to do now. Like this is now I understand what jujitsu is actually like, like the nature of it. Jake, but the jujitsu changes throughout the time. So what I understood as, oh, now I understand what jujitsu is, but then jujitsu changed. Yeah. And then it changed again. And then it changed again. And it's developing. I, I did, my, I did my, my membership at CBJJ, which is IBJF today, in 1994 at mm-hmm. Carlinhos Gracie House. Today, they have over 100, uh, 100 uh, employees in their Orange County facility. They have over 120 tournaments around the, uh, around the world. You know, really I fought true. my first Pan Ams in 1995. Like, it was such a small tournament. And now, man, it's televised. It's, it's, it, became, it, became, it will become a different animal as time goes by. So you have to adapt and understand more. 
But I'm going to tell you this. Um, I would say that the time that I, that I developed the, the most was, I would say, since 2017 now. When I was already 40 years old, I learned so much, but so much you have no idea. I learned a lot of stuff, and I learned from oh, Victor. You're trying to this is a, you're trying to be nice. No, no, no. Actually, I, I got to a point where my maturity uh, allowed me to see stuff that I never saw. In, in, in purple belts and brown belts, they were training with and tournaments and, and being around cyborg and fight sports and all that stuff. I learned so much from the environment that I was immersed into that it's not even funny, man. I, I developed myself in within the jujitsu uh, uh, realm so much in the last two years. It's it's just ridiculous. That's why I came up with fighter service because I understood a lot of stuff that I didn't know. You know, I, I had some hints, but I'm pretty sure about what I'm doing. You know, and. One thing I need I needed to to to, uh, to do was since since I didn't have the chance because I had I had like I had a lot of injuries back when I was a, when I got my black belt actually uh, back in '99 so I had a lot of injuries 2000 2001 2002 I had to stop training for a while and that was the the, the time that I was like at, at my peak yeah? I was 24 25 years old and I had very bad injuries so I couldn't fight. Uh, uh, huge tournaments when I, when I was on my peak. So I feel like it doesn't matter what happened before, as long as I can, like, I felt like I could have built such a great career as a black belt if I had, I not had so many injuries and I used it as an excuse to focus on my business development. So I became who I am because of the choices that I made back then when I got my black belt. And I decided to go all in and immerse myself in business and learn a lot. I did. I did. Uh, I have. I have two bachelors. I have a, a, a master's. I studied a lot. I worked a lot. I could build my family, build my career. I got married. I'm married for 18 years. I have a 19-year-old son, and all I built uh, throughout my life was because of decisions that I made back in 2000, 2001 when I got injured, and. I wouldn't say I regret him, but if I could go back in time and I knew what jiu-jitsu would become nowadays, I would have maybe invested a little more in, like, you know what? Let me invest in my, in my recovery and get back to training and do my thing. But this is me in 2020. Going back there and knowing what I knew I would do the same thing because I wanted to, to, to grow like my business. I wanted to do something uh, that would mean and I would like make money, decent money with my work and everything. And I couldn't do that with jiu-jitsu, which now you guys can't. Mm-hmm. No, it's possible. You see a spider invitational paying a hundred grand for the winner. That's unimaginable. Yeah. You know? That's going to that's become something normal. In five years' time, the sport's going to be different, and I, I hope I'm, I hope I can do everything that I, I am actually going to do, and I'm doing already everything that I can to take the sport to the next level as well. Man, just thinking about that is like super. It gives me goosebumps thinking about a time where jujitsu might just be like on par with other sports. Like I, 
I'm glad that I am the like in the period of my career that I am where it's my first year at Black Belt and I get to kind of be along for that ride of probably one of the biggest developmental periods in jujitsu other than obviously it's changed so much. And that's, I love that you said that I, I didn't mean like, um, that I know jujitsu now. I just kind of, I think I understand the nature of it changing. Like I know that it's going to change. Just look at all the lapel stuff people do now. Even when I first like got brown belt, that wasn't a thing that much, you know, Keenan like started it and then everybody was like, Oh, it's cool. And now it's a thing that everybody has to deal with. But, uh, <laughs> you know yeah, I, mean? I, I don't, I don't like to make any, I'm not trying to be a poet here, but jujitsu is unlimited. And when mm, people say that yeah. you can't take that for granted. Yeah. Like it's so unlimited that in two years' time, uh, there's going to be a different lapel thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but there's no more uh, places to put your foot on. Yeah, there are. People will find out. Yeah. Hey, For sure. sure. Now, now you have, now you have uh, uh, um, uh, heel hooks and reaping allowed in brown and black belt or no That's amazing. That's amazing. That's another way of like people. It's gonna change radically, drastically the way people train. Drastically, the fifty-fifty situation is gonna change forever. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's gonna change because of. It, so this is what I'm saying. Like jujitsu is in, in is in is in constant constant development, and it's gonna get broader. I mean, if 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 it was like something different. Oh no, now we're not allowing. Uh, uh, um, uh, footlocks anymore that would bring jiu-jitsu down that would be bad because you're yeah. narrowing jiu-jitsu but since you're you're expanding it so people ask me all the time and actually Ricardo Balea he asked me that uh, Victor how do you see the evolution of jiu-jitsu actually I don't see an evolution per se I see more of an expansion because why do I say that because the technique that I used to do when I was a blue belt 25 years ago, still works. When you say evolution, it means that, okay, whatever you were doing 25 years ago is not working anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's surpassed. But it's, it, we're just adding stuff to jiu-jitsu. So it's becoming more, it's becoming broader and, and it's expanding in, 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 in size. It's not getting, okay, whatever was happening back in 1980s is not, not, doesn't work anymore. No, it does. It still works the same way. The same exact way, but you're bringing more techniques. You're bringing more stuff. You're bringing like the technology of making a kimono, a gi, and the belts and the rash guards. Back in my day, we didn't train. There was no rash guards. Rash guards are actually surfing garments that people used to surf. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we used to do it just with, with, with speedos. I would train with speedos. You know, <laughs> that's what we would do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, everybody, like I, I was training, we were training like Valitudo, which is uh, uh, MMA. Um, everybody in Speedos. We didn't, uh, sometimes we had shorts, but all shorts had pockets, so it was a problem. Yeah. So we would get like a, a sur- uh, surfing, surfing surfboard shorts and stuff like that. But that would be it. And now you have a whole industry. Like there was just, Two or three brands. The, the dream come true back in my day was to have a Mizuno gi, a Japanese Mizuno gi, which is just for judo. So I got my first black belt is a Mizuno belt that I got in '99. That was the brand. And now, how many brands you have? Yeah. You know, it's not even, it didn't even begin yet. You're going to see Nike doing kimonos. Wait for it. Yeah, Adidas cool. already does them, so. 
Hopefully Nike will that, jump in. Adidas does uh, kimonos already, so it'd be cool for Nike yeah. to yeah. try to compete. They, they started with judo, though, right? I mean, Adidas was a judo gi that kind of released the jiu-jitsu gi. And I know they're big. Uh, they sponsor Gracie Baja, correct? Yeah. Yeah, they, they don't sponsor Gracie Baja. They did a deal. Like They oh, did okay. a deal where they're their supplier. That's it. That's awesome that you like you also understand all that. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of level that Danny and I want to get to because I mean this podcast we have like huge plans and I'm not afraid to say we have huge plans for the we want to grow we want to be able to be just in the community like so many things in the community and uh, it's just so cool to have your insight because like we don't know you know we just like talking we like talking about jujitsu like we said at the beginning of the podcast we love it and we want to talk to other people we we've had white boats on the show but you guys are doing yourselves that's that's exactly what it is this is the most the purest way you can do something man it's it's just the same way that i'm doing like you do do you think i have i i put together my supplements like this this product here this product here i put together the whole formula i'm not a chemist but i've been immersed in the jiu-jitsu community for and, and the jiu-jitsu the sport of jiu-jitsu for so long that i know exactly what i mean. i've been working with supplements for 20 years so I know ingredients, I know what works with what, and all that stuff. So I learned that. I, I, I was self-taught. You know, I learned that for, from, from, from the years that I've been working with that. So I, I came up with, with products that, because I don't want you guys to go to GNC or Vitamin Shop and ask the guy behind the counter, hey, what, what should I take to up my gas in jiu-jitsu? The guy doesn't know any better. He has no idea what you're talking about. He never did jiu-jitsu in his life. And even if he did, he doesn't know ingredients, what matches with what. So what you need. So they're going to give you a pre-workout, a C4. For you to train jiu-jitsu, you're going to die. <laughs> like, you're going to feel so bad. Because yeah. there's so much caffeine, so much stimulants, no pump. No, like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So what do we need as a pre-workout, being a, being a jiu-jitsu athlete? Like, okay, if you have a 10-minute round, how come you're going to take something that's overstimmed? You can't be overstimmed for 10 minutes with a guy trying to rip your head off. Mm-hmm. You can't. You have to keep your cool at some point. You know, so how do you do a product like that? It's not in G- GNC that you're going to find it. So uh, Fighter's Choice Supplements is out there for the jiu-jitsu community, for the grappling community. I don't want to sell to GNC. I, I had a brand before, Adaptogen Science. I sold to GNC. I sold to Vitamin Shop, all these, all these uh, uh, main stores. But nowadays, all I want to deal with is grappling. I don't want to do any. I don't want to spend my brain and my and, and, and my efforts and my money with anything other than jujitsu right now. I want to invest everything that I have and everything that I am in the community, in the sport of jujitsu. That's what I want to do. And that is, this comes from from my heart. It's not a business plan. It comes from my heart, 100 percent. Yeah, this has been like for sure one of the favorite interviews that I've done for Open Guard Cast. Just I feel like you've given so much good actionable advice, actionable advice for athletes or for brands. Like it's just super exciting to hear from someone who really has plans to to really change jujitsu at like a foundational level. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the the Fighters Choice website right now. I really like it. Um, you have uh just for the people listening, uh, they have burn glutamine, recover creatine, and pre which, uh, I mean, like, it's cool that you also 
provide like a not you know like a lot of supplement companies that do that thing where they use a bunch of huge words and then you're like oh this sounds great i didn't take chemistry in high school so you're just like <laughs> you're misled and you guys got a lot of co- like you guys have no gi gear and you have um different coffees too which i think is awesome i was like they, they sell coffee too so you guys sell coffee which i know is probably brazilian inspired because i know you get like coffee's in, incredible down there um, yeah, actually, actually, this coffee thing, uh, it, it, it was supposed to be a joint venture between uh, us and, uh, and a coffee brand here in, uh, in South Florida. Um, but I don't think it's going to work. I mean, we, we put it out there. I did a, a small video to promote it, Fight to Win as well. But um, I don't think that the deal that they, they brought to us is interesting for our community. It's more, they have a lot more to win than us. And I don't think it's fair. So it might have to wait. So I'm even going to take the, the – the, it doesn't even have pricing because I said, man, I'm not going to sell it until we have a deal in place. Mm-hmm. And they go, man, but you could be making money. So, man, if I was to make money, I would be doing something else. I want to improve and bring more value to the jiu-jitsu community. I'm not – It's money is going to be something that will come along uh, when the time is right. Right now – I want to do it the right way. So that's why I call, okay, what is recover for? Recovery. Recovery. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's it's big letters. Exactly. (laughs) So my my briefing to the, to the, to the, to, to, to to my uh, graphics guy, he said, Victor, so let's work on the labels. Because my, my previous brand, that crazy labels for the bodybuilding slash fitness industry. So all they want to see is colors. Uh, uh, gold and, and silver and make her muscles huge and this and that. This absorption, man, stop it. Stop the bullshit, you know, because we're not, like, I, I put three bullet points here, three bullet points, so recovery does what? It promotes recovery, improves hydration, diminishes fatigue. That's it. That's all you need to know. And then you read the ingredients, and you can Google each of the ingredients. Oh, this uh, helps with hydration. Oh, this helps... Uh, Diminishing fatigue, it's all there. And it combines, it matches, it works together, you know? Uh, <clears throat> the same thing with, with uh, uh, burn. Burn is for burning fat, you know? So you need, you need to cut weight. Burn, burn will take you to the next level in, 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 in weight cutting. It's ridiculous. It's, it's just ridiculous. And it was built, it was put together to help athletes cut weight but also to help athletes keep weight that was cut. If you, want to, if you want to go up and down, it's not a problem. It's not just healthy. So you can use burn as a mild fat burner for your daily use to keep you like right there on the weight so you don't have drastic uh, weight cuts before tournaments, you know? Um, and and uh, how, how do you want to call creatine? I want to call creatine creatine. <laughs> so you know exactly what you take you know yeah. i don't want to oh let's call it a, a, a solid this and this no no it's creating i don't want to try to bullshit anyone it's exactly what what's there it's straightforward right there in your face yeah and it's not and i like that the creatine is creatine monohydrate and like you go to some supplement places yeah no and like what's crazy is like i went and i saw this um it's like this creatine with a k right they were trying to be cool with their brand and i uh, i was like hey am i gonna get popped by usada for this i just told him that i was like i get te- i want to get tested by usada i understand i didn't tell him that you have to win first i just wanted to you know let him know and uh i was like i don't want to get popped by usada 
is this going to make me? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, that's not good. You should know. Like, you should know no. if I'm going to take this and, like, it's yeah, illegal. He has no idea. I know. He has no idea. Oh, first, he, do, he has no idea. Second, he doesn't care. Yeah, I know. He makes commissions out of it, man. He doesn't care. And he, he should, I mean, he shouldn't care. Because the amount of money that they, they get paid, which is so ridiculous, so small, they won't apply themselves to be like the next GNC uh, 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 manager of the month, whatever, mm. you know, employee <laughs> of the month. They don't care. So I care. But I care about my community. So I, if you ask me for 10 hours, you make me questions for 10 hours, I'm going to respond to you because I love talking about supplements, but I, I don't want to deal with bodybuilding slash fitness slash crossfit whatever it is i want to do it from i want to bring everything that i learned the last 22 years in the supplement industry to the grappling the jiu-jitsu community because nobody's talking to us no brand talks to us muscle farm started sponsoring a bunch of our athletes uh keenan uh Buchecha, luis panza uh gary tonan uh gordon ryan uh, uh, Nikki Ryan, all these guys were sponsored by Muscle Farm. They don't know shit about supplements because Muscle Farm never told them. They don't even know how to take it. They don't even take it. And they shouldn't take it because that brand is so dumb, so terrible, yeah. <laughs> you know, product-wise. And I know because I, I, one of my manufacturers back in the day used to manufacture for Muscle Farm as well. So I know what I'm talking about. Like when they put samples of protein samples on simple packets that have no protein in, in, in the packet. Zero protein. Only fillers and carbs. Oh, my wow. goodness. Yeah. That's what's out there. You know why? Because uh, the FDA in the, in the United States, the FDA doesn't, it, it, doesn't, uh, um, it doesn't regulate the supplement industry. The yeah. sports supplement industry, per se. Um, in Brazil, we have Anvisa. Anvisa is our FDA, and they regulate, strictly regulate the sports supplement business there. Mm -hmm. So I came from that, from that understanding that the law was above us, and here you can do whatever. You can put, I can say that here it's only BCAAs, and I can put freaking Viagra here. <laughs> man, it's so good. I feel yeah. like, man, my wife is loving it, you know? <laughs> It's like, but you don't have to say anything. If they catch you, you're going to have a problem. But they, they will only catch you when you get noticed. When you got noticed, you already make $100 million. You made $100 million, send it to, 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 to Switzerland, and you're good. I saw that happening so many times, man. So many times. It's not even funny. It's, it's awesome because I feel like not a lot of supplement companies have, like, like have such a niche focus like like you said you just want to help grapplers so like it's very easy for you to understand like what a grappler needs because you've been a grappler but like these other supplement companies like you mentioned muscle farm and i know there's millions of others but like no yeah. one they don't really target a, a specific type of person uh some some of them do like there's a brand that i admire a lot uh which is um uh, a brand for crossfit um um progenics Oh, Progenics okay. is, a, is a very nice brand that was that was in that was developed by two CrossFitters in Malibu, California, and they put together this brand and they only sold for CrossFitters. They only had their products sold at CrossFit boxes, and they grew with the sport. The sport of CrossFit started what 12 years ago, maybe. Yeah. I don't. And, and, and Progenics was out there right when the sport started. 
So they grew. They're a hundred fifty million dollar company now, wow. a year. You know, That's crazy. so a CrossFit became bigger than Jiu-Jitsu uh, uh, within the United States. You have more CrossFit boxes than Jiu-Jitsu academies, and they're more profitable. They're bigger. Reebok sponsors uh, used to sponsor CrossFit. You know, so the exposure was done right. We had great. They had great guys looking after the sport and people that really wanted to invest in the sport. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what flow grappling does. They do it with 20 sports. Yes, but grappling is one of the top three. They have track and field. They have wrestling. They have grappling on the third place there in audience. Um, but we're going to grow. We're going to be the number one there, 100%, because we're going to grow, because IBJF is going to grow. ADCC is going to – next ADCC, forget it. Oh, I cannot wait to be a part of it. Like, I can't believe how, like, I think about it all the time, how, like, crazy blessed I am to have been, like, in Mo's graces to be able to commentate that event. Like, I cannot wait to commentate that. It's going to be so amazing. It's going to be amazing, man. uh, Man, I can barely wait to, man. It's going to be, like, I see, I saw the first ADCC, you know? So everything, I I I was part of all, all of that, you know? So what it became... And what it will be next year? <sighs> yeah, no, I can I can hardly imagine. And uh, I want to say, if like I'm probably gonna message you on Instagram questions because I want to <laughs> like I wa- I'm so crazy inspired right now. Like you have no idea. It's like I just took Fighters Choice pre. Like, it's <laughs> like I just took that man. Like that's how freaking like I, I'm like like literally thinking about everything I do to market myself, and I'm like I gotta do it better, you know. And I can't wait because like I'm I'm like you know I compete all the time and I love competing. Yeah. And I'm I just came off of a big win and gotta like expand on that, you know. Right. It makes me freaking like I'm amped right now. I can't wait. So I'm definitely gonna have questions. For yeah. Yeah, no, of course. Shoot me questions, man. Send me anything you guys uh, want to know. And anytime you want to do it again, man, I'm I'm definitely open. And uh, man, uh, everything for you guys. Like I, I I love it. I love doing this, and uh, this is this is what I live to do. You know. Yeah, we, we would love to have you back on because I feel like you just gave so much amazing advice, like Jake was saying. And yeah, we really hope people listen to this and really put some of the stuff you said into action. Yeah, they better. Otherwise, they're not doing themselves a favor. <laughs> so did you did you want to talk about where people can uh, can get get with you or get with Fighters Choice and and look up some of the products that you offer? Yeah, fighterschoice.com is out there. Uh, we're we're uh, changing a little bit the the website now, so there might be some hiccups, but uh, it should be fine. I think it's, today should be fine already. Um, at Fighters Choice, you have our Instagram there completely organic i don't boost shit i don't i don't do anything it's just whatever is there is there it's it's ours it was it was grown it was made organically it's being made organically uh the the social media guy that, that works with us said man we can do this we can do that some tricks i don't want any tricks man i don't i don't need a million followers overnight i want to grow organically the way it should be so that I, man it my, my thing is being real like keeping it real, as real as possible, you know, as real as real gets. So uh, um, at Fighter's Choice, you have at Fighter's Choice Management now, which is our Instagram for the management side of the business, which I'm, we're going to start producing now and putting some content we, we haven't started yet. Um, 
but that's pretty much it. And uh, hit me up on, on, on my Instagram, at Victor Doria. If you have any questions, any comments on products, on supplementation, or just want to talk about whatever, you know, I'm open. All right. Dang. Well, uh, I guess that's time for us to thank, once again, Electron Performance. Now that you have all the tools at your disposal to get a crazy pump and to recover, because recover, not just a reminder of what you need to be doing after you work out, but also take that and it'll help you do that reminder. You can take their supplements, go to fighterschoice.com and then go to Electron Performance on the uh, app store or if you're having, you don't have an Android, do you, Victor? I do not. Do I you need You don't? Them? Okay, good, because Androids are dumb. Uh, if you have an <laughs> Android and you have to go on Google Play, you can go there too. Go to Electro Performance, use their app, use a discount code OpenGuardCast25 or 25% off, and do some freaking squats. Be better than me, all right? I'm trying to lift. I look like I just got out of uh, tech school, but I promise you I'm going to black belt. Uh, so thank these you so are, much to our other – the most dangerous thing is if I walk into a if I walk into a jiu-jitsu tournament. You know it's funny because I was uh, supposed to be co-main event of this last fight to him. Nobody knew who I was because I walked up wearing like a like a video game T-shirt and like people are like, oh you're you're supposed to fight Lovato and I'm like, yep, that's me. I'm gonna fight him. They're like, who are you? <laughs> but uh, that's that's why I'm gonna start taking uh, fighter stress supplements. Um, there so, you go. This is the reason I gotta improve. I mean, I have a giant tattoo. People still think I'm a nerd, but uh, <laughs> Chill Fit Cryo, High Tier Photography, Marshall Andre Academy, Matakaba BJJ, uh, and also Agro Brand. Thank you all so much for your support of the podcast. We love doing this, and we love keeping it real, just like Victor Doria does. Uh, be sure to yeah follow him everywhere, and I hope to get to hear some more commentary. Maybe one day we commentate a show. Who knows, Victor? I'd be down for it. That would be awesome. That'd, That'd be, be awesome. sick. I would love to do it. And hopefully I get a fight soon as well so that uh, I can I can keep on competing because, man, not competing enough, it sucks. I uh, I need to do it. I'm like, I got to itch as much again. As, you can, man. as much as you can, please. Now, I want to fight Don't for the title. That. I want to fight for the fight to win title. I want to go against Hulk. I want to uh, – because I just beat well, Mateos. Mateos number three. So whenever Michael yeah. Sears decides to update those rankings, man. I gotta make it make an I want to make it happen. But uh, thank you so much, man. This was honestly a great episode. And um, yeah, Danny, you got any more? You got any more to say? No, that's pretty much it. So uh, yeah, I'll just sign us out. This is episode fifty-five of the Open Guard Cast with Victor Four. Doria. Fifty-four. Fifty-four. Fifty-five. Sorry. No, fifty-five because you did Robert Deagle. Sorry, my bad. You see that? <laughs> bad podcast. I was right to be. <laughs> so episode fifty-five. Thanks everyone for listening. We hope you get as much out of this as we got out of it. And thank you again, Victor. And we will talk to you guys soon.